Hello, welcome to the next exclusive episode of the Talk Norwich City podcast. I am really, really excited to be having a conversation with this bloke tonight. Pro footballer for over 17 years, eight different clubs, 40 appearances and six goals in yellow. Former Northern Ireland international, of course, is Sammy Klingon. Firstly, Sammy, thanks so much for coming on the TNC podcast. How are things with you? Yeah, all good, Chris. Um, thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, things are things are well with myself. I'm just um, living in Glasgow at the minute and enjoying life. Good man. I absolutely love Glasgow. We've had a Glasgow chat off air beforehand. We'll we'll go back into that. I'm sure you're a Celtic fan, right? Yeah, massive Celtic fan. Um, I've been since I was a young boy and love watching them. Um, now that I'm living in Glasgow, it's a lot closer, so it's much easier for me to get to the games. But that's, um, I can't go to the games all the time because I'm still playing part-time football back home in Belfast. So I travel back on a Thursday and train Thursday night and then play on a Saturday and fly back either on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning. Dedicated supporter. Absolutely love the hoops. Fair play to you, Sammy. Len, so without further ado, let, let's take you right back to the beginning, if you don't mind. When you first signed for Norwich from Forest, what do you remember about that time? Yeah, well, it um, seems like a long time ago now. The time to go by so, so fast. <laughs> it, we just got promoted um, with, with Forrest that year. Um, I was coming up to the end of my contract and it was a good season. I played a lot of games and and then I realised that Norwich had um, come in for me. They'd been watching me and I always I remember going to Norwich one time when I was in the squad with Wolves. We played them in a playoff. I think Dave Jones was the manager. I was only young at the time and I remember it was one sunny night. We played them in the playoff. I think it may have been a semi-final, and it was a, the atmosphere and stuff there was amazing. And it was a it was a great game. And I always thought, oh, it's a great club, and that. And the opportunity came up to go there, and I end up deciding this against uh, Stan with with Forest, and I end up going to Norwich, and that was it, really. The carrowed atmosphere always, always attracts players to the club. Actually, Sammy, before Norwich, actually, I'm going to take you even further back than that. I'm super interested because I read something online that whilst you're at Forest, QPR, but forget about them, Ipswich were rumoured to have an interest in your services before you signed for Norwich. Were you ever close to signing for Ipswich? There was a few clubs that I was linked with. Um, I think it was because I was on a Bosman transfer. Um, I was going to... I was 24 at the time and there was a few clubs linked but Norwich was the only club that I went to speak to and when I spoke to Glenn Roder at the time I just wanted the same to be honest with you um, I know it's the old cliche and people say that about when they go to a new club but it, it sure was um, the club that I wanted to sign for because I knew from being there before watching the game and the atmosphere was amazing mm. and it just it looked like a great club mm. what's, your, what's, what's your opinions on, on Glenn Roder Sammy because it's safe to say he's not got a fantastic reputation with Norwich fans. I mean, partly, of course, because the, the damage was done by the time Gunny took over as gaffer, certainly whilst you're at Norwich. But I, I'm yeah. fascinated to hear because obviously, you know, you, you were his man. He signed you. So what do you think of Glenn Roder? You know, I I, can't, I haven't got a bad word to say about Glenn Roder. Um, he was fair with me. He was straight up with me. Um, when I first came... Obviously, I'd just been coming out of League One and we went away in pre-season and stuff. And I sort of found it a bit tough to start off with. I thought, I'm not I'm not good enough for this. I started doubting myself and this was only in pre-season. And 
Glenn Roder sort of backed me in that. And thankfully, like I started growing, getting a bit of confidence and playing playing games after preseason, like into the league. And I knew like I was good enough then. I remember playing against Coventry for Norwich. I think it was one of the first games in the championship that yeah, year. Yeah. It was away from home and um, I played in that game. And I was like, oh, I can't play at this standard. So, but Glenn Roder was always good with me. Like, um, I can't, I know like Norwich fans probably have their say or whatever on him. I know it was a bad season because we got relegated and stuff, but like personally, from I liked them. Mm. And, and, th- and that season, Sammy, um, obviously 08 09 such a tough one for for Norwich fans and and one that's obviously not looked upon in in such a great light to say the least but yeah. in your opinion what was the reason we got relegated to, to league one because we we've i've read articles that you know where you've commented on saying well actually i, I had a decent season but but what, what went wrong why did we go down that that year you know it's hard to put your finger on it um I think that season, though, we had a lot of lone players in. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not against lone players, but I think we had a lot of players in. And you know, when players go on loan to clubs, it's sometimes they go there and think, okay, well, I'm coming here to play or whatever. And then it doesn't matter what happens because at the end of the day, I'm going back to my, my old club, and whatever happens there, they can pick up the pieces or whatever. Um, it was disappointing. Yeah, it was. It was a tough season. Um, but listen. It was one that I like personally like felt like I did okay. Um, I'm not saying like because I played okay, we should have stayed up or anything like that. Um, the fans turned out week in week out. It was they just tried to back the team all the time, and I know I got a bit of sticker when I went with Coventry and stuff. But listen, I enjoyed every bit of my time there. It's a fantastic city, great club, and it's great to see that they're back in the Premier League. I know they've been struggling a little, but hopefully they'll get back again. Top man, I appreciate the calm words. And Sammy, I must admit, now I've got you on the podcast, there's no way I'm letting you escape without asking you, of course, um, about that speculation, um, that that controversy around your transfer to Coventry from Norwich. I mean, I'm I, I'm desperate to get in your head during that time. What was your thought process? Because obviously you must have thought to yourself, right, we're done here. And had conversations already taken place, why did you jump ship at that point to Coventry? The reason was because obviously, like I then became an international player um, at Forest, and I went and I wanted to play as high as I could. So that was basically the main reason why I'd left um, Norwich because I'd just been out of league one the season before. I enjoyed the season that I had in the championship, and then Coventry came in and offered me to play back in the championship. It's not that I was jumping ship. Um, I spoke to Gunny and stuff, and. Basically, the club needed a bit of money in as well, so it sort of suited both parties. Like where I was getting to play championship football, and the club was getting a bit of money for me, and they end up going and signing Grant Holt, who go down as a, a legend at the club for what he done. Um, Grant Holt, he used to live next door to me when I was at Nottingham. Did he? Forest. Brilliant. Yeah, like directly next door. Um, I got on really well. <laughs> was he a dodgy neighbour? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. It was really late night party, Sammy. Come on, throw him under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that. No, he's a great, great guy. Um, I have plenty of time for him. I've done my coaching badges and stuff with him as well. And funny guy, funny, funny guy. Sammy, you, you mentioned um, an absolute legend there, um, Brian Gunn. Um, I'm also interested to to understand from your point of view, what was the general feeling at the club when Gunny obviously got the job on an interim basis, then obviously took the job 
full time and took the plunge, yeah. grabbed it. What was the feeling in the camp at that time? Because obviously when Glenn went and then a club legend takes a role, did you feel the pressure for Gunny? You know, everybody had so much respect for Gunny um, because of who he was, what he had done at the club. He was a gentleman around the place. Like I remember I used to go and speak to Gunny about different things during the season and stuff, even when he wasn't the manager. Um I had plenty of time for him and the pressure was always going to go on to him because obviously Norwich had just dropped out of the championship and there was it was a, it's a club that's nowhere nowhere near should be in League One. Um, so there was always going to be pressure on Gunny to try and get uh, the club promoted straight away um, that season. I know that the club got rid of him early doors, but if you look at the decision now, what Paul Lambert done for that club was nothing short of unbelievable, to be honest. Of course. And and I think you've you've quite rightly said there, I think, you know, it was Gunny had to take it, didn't he? He had to take it. Yeah, Club legend. He course. was never gonna turn it down. And I just think for me I, I still I still feel a little bit aggrieved about the, the, the way that it went. But Sammy, rather than let's let's now look at a, a highlight from that season that you were at the football club. Norwich two, Ipswich nil, Lee Croft pile driver, Matty <laughs> Patterson poach. What was it like playing at Car Road in, in that game? Oh, it was amazing. I still remember Crofty's goal this day. It was a belter. Um, Crofty's probably still talking about that until the day he dies. <laughs> it, was, it was a great goal. That was some occasion that day. Um, like The atmosphere was electric because I'd always heard about the, the derby games and that there and then just to go and play them on. It was, like, it was fantastic and I'm glad that we came out on the right side of the result. I tell you what, it will be a day that lives long in the memory, and, and arguably, Sammy, it was it was you and your team that turned the tide in, in the in the years of domination. You know, when you're going into a game like that, did you feel the pressure from Ipswich at that point? Because of course we were going down, and um, so were you worried going to that game? Obviously, there's pressure in like every game, but this game was added pressure because it was a uh, derby game, you know. Um, but listen, you just got to go out and prepare the same. You got to do the right things and go out on the pitch and give it your all. And that's what I always try to do when I put an orange shirt on. No matter what club I play for, actually, I always try and give like 100%. Um, and I tried that for, for Norwich. And like I said, it was a great win for us that day. Um, just the atmosphere was like second to none. And obviously the celebrations and stuff after that there. But like you touched on there, it was just a disappointing season that the club went down that year because... Um, a hand on heart if Norwich would have stayed in the championship I wouldn't have moved because I loved the place where I lived I lived in not that far from uh, the training ground in Kringleford and yeah. it was a fantastic place and I ended up keeping my house on there for a lot of years after I left Norwich and I used to go down um, sometimes because I rented it out to a couple of the players that end up going to Norwich and that but oh, it was a fantastic place and yeah I would have stayed for definitely if they would have stayed in the championship Speaking of other players, Sammy, who, in your opinion, was was the best player that you played with at Norwich? Because, obviously, looking back now, that was it was actually that year that we signed Wes Houlihan, of course. He was um, like before you even say it, he he was the best player for definite um, that that I played with there. He was a magician, brilliant guy off the field, great player on the field, great in the dressing room. He's and then to see what he went on and done for for Norwich was like incredible and. I still actually speak to him as well, like now and again, Wes, um, just by the odd chat on Instagram or whatever. I know he he's over Instagram, in Australia now, he? but he's, he's some man, like, 
Oh, tell me about it. A hundred percent. Now, Sammy, we can't do this podcast without talking about this, um, this moment. I'm going to have to put you through it. I'm afraid. Um, I need to get inside your head for when you signed at Coventry, you came to Norwich. Norwich were at that point back in the championship. Of course, that day we were promoted to the Premier League. You had 25,000 people singing. It could have been you. It could have been you. Oh, Sammy Klingon, it could have been you. I mean, that away from all of the banter, let's brush the banter aside. That must have been so tough for you to take. Listen, it was tough um, because you didn't think, have you made the right decision and stuff? But you know what? See, you can live, you can live, like, hindsight's a great thing. It really is. Um, who's to say, like, from me staying there, Norwich don't get any money. They don't sing Grant Holt. Grant Holt's the one that scores all the goals. You know what I mean? Like, these things are made out. I, I, I always, I'm a firm believer and things happen for a reason. And I end up moving on. Norwich went and done better. Like, they went, got promoted, double back-to-back promotion. And fair play to them. It's, like, unbelievable achievement. But, listen, I was expecting the grief off the fans because, obviously, I had left. And then they end up in the Premier League. And fair play to them. It's all a bit of banter and stuff. Do you know what I mean? you got to laugh it off. But it's just one of them things that happened. Do you know what I mean? You, hindsight's a good thing. You took it very well, I have to say. I was very impressed. You were very gracious <laughs> as you walked off on the pitch with, I think it was Wes Houlihan's shirt he swapped with that day yeah, as well. Yeah, it was, well. it was, yeah. You know, you know, Sammy, I've been thinking back to that time and Lee Croft, of course, great friend of, of the Talk Norris City podcast. Um, he, that same season, also left the football club, went to Derby um, when yeah, we went yeah. down to League One. He's told me on numerous occasions, and I mean numerous occasions, that it was the biggest regret of his career not staying at Norwich at that time. Do you feel a bit of regret? Yeah. Do you feel a bit bitter about it? I do, in a way. Um, but listen, you can't live your life by regrets. Like, I, I loved it at the club. I really, really did love it. And like I said, if we would have stayed in the championship, I would have definitely been there and probably would have stayed on for longer if the club wanted to be in that. But I just, at the time, I wanted to be playing as high as I could. At the end of the day, I was playing international football and I wanted to keep playing that because it's a privilege to play, you know, for the country as well. So it was one of those things. But you can, listen, it's just one of them things that's happened and you just got to get on with it now, you know, because it's happened. And, like, I I would never wish bad on Norwich because I got grief that day off the fans, you know what I mean? Like, not at all. Like, I always watch for Norwich's results actually coming along. And it's 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 an amazing club. I love to hear that. And and actually to, to lighten the spirit and speaking of, of, of course, Northern Ireland, who you've, you've had a quite, quite a, um, quite a career with really through the, the youth ranks and going through. And one of the things that made me chuckle is in a recent interview um, with, with the Northern Ireland YouTube channel, you, you mentioned about the fact that former Canary, of course, Carl Lafferty was your worst roommate. Why was that? Because he's got a reputation at Norwich, my friend. So what, what's going oh my on there? God. What, what is he yeah, all about? He's the biggest joker like I've ever, ever at any club been involved with. Like wow. I, So me and Kyle basically made our debuts together. We went away on a trip to America. Um, Laurie Sanchez was the manager at the time for Northern Ireland and we called into the squad. Kyle was actually quite quiet back in the under-21s and stuff. Like wouldn't have opened his mouth. Then he got into the full squad and that and started getting a bit chirpier and stuff. And <laughs> we end up rooming together. And like, I actually 
some of the stories like you wouldn't believe what went on. I don't want to say them all, but I'll tell you one story. Like we were in the Hilton Temple Patrick where we used to stay, um, hotel, like we were back for an international game and me and Kay's rooming together and I'm out of the room and come back and him and Johnny Evans are sitting in the room laughing their heads off. And I'm like, what are you laughing at? And I looked and like one of my trainers was like glued to the table and I was like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pull my trainer off this table and I pull it off and there's a big lump of mahogany wood stuck to the bottom of it because of whatever glue they put on and it was it's just like these things like that there but he was he was a funny funny man I can imagine that it was just endless banter with Carl Afferton non non-stop could, how, do you, how could you sleep Sammy that's my question yeah, for you yeah I actually used to panic sometimes going to sleep but then <laughs> Michael O'Neill took over and he ended up like switching his like rooms. He put me in with someone else and Kale started to get a room of his own. So, but listen, Kale's a funny guy and somebody I have a lot of time for. Good man, good man. Well, we'll have to speak about Carl Afferty sometime in the future. And um, away from club f- football, um, if, if you wouldn't mind, Sammy, to continue on that note. Um, obviously, you've represented Northern Ireland under 17, under 19, under 21, I think under 23 too. And then the senior team, that must have been possibly the proudest moment for you in football, representing the senior team. Yeah, it was up there with like just making my foot- football league debut when I was at Chesterfield. That was a big occasion for me, um, just stepping out on the pitch were like thousands of fans in that there um that was amazing and then obviously my international debut I played at the, the giant stadium in new york new york um i think it was against uruguay yeah that was my my debut and it was an amazing um experience and then since then i never really looked back i played i ended up finishing with 39 international caps but a lot of them were starting but again um injuries played a big part i thought I should have had a lot more than what I did, and it's just one of those things. Um, some people go their whole career without injuries, but I was the unfortunate one that got many. Um, I want to touch on that note, Sammy, actually, because um, you know you've mentioned on record a few times actually that every single season you've got injured. And do you ever wonder where you could have got to if it wasn't for the injuries? Could you have made it as a Premier League footballer, for example? <laughs> I'm not going to say I would have made it as a Premier League footballer, but I think I would have played a lot more games in the Championship if I stayed injury-free because a lot of the seasons, like it wasn't really muscle injuries for me. It was always contact injuries, um, like whether it was the broken leg or ligaments in my knee, shoulder injury. Even when I was at Norwich, I, I injured my shoulder when I was playing for Northern Ireland and I kept me out for a bit when I was at Norwich. Um, but it was always like big injuries like that. Um, but I don't know where I could have ended up. Like I think I could have played a lot more in the championship, and again I could have got more appearances for Northern Ireland as well. well the fact that you're you're still playing, right, Sammy? Yeah, still playing. Um, it's only part-time football. I'm playing a team, Glen Avon. Um, it's just a place, a team in Lurgan, just outside Belfast. Um, so basically. I tra- I'm living in Glasgow. I travel back on a Thursday. We normally train on a Tuesday and a Thursday, but the manager's happy with me to tr- do a bit of training on my own here and then go back and join the team on a Thursday night and then play on this Saturday. So it's it's working out well, but again, the old injuries have been playing a little uh, bugger with me. So um, it's been a bit part season again. Um, Sammy, I, I know that you mentioned obviously making your your debut against Uruguay. I mean, what a hell of occasion that was! You know, New York Giant Stadium, 
Um, and, and I actually saw on your Instagram, you actually played against Diego Forlan that game, didn't you? I mean, that must have just been ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Like, just, again, um, even to get to go on that trip, it was a trip for, I think we went away for 10 days, two weeks. Um, we played Uruguay at the Giants Stadium, and then we played Romania in the Soldier Field in Chicago. Um, it was an amazing experience, just, the weather was amazing, seeing those amazing stadiums as well and getting a couple of international caps as well. It, it was it was it was a fantastic experience, like. Is he the best player you've come up against, Sammy? Forlan? Yeah. Mm, no, I wouldn't say so. Like I played in the Northern Ireland game when we beat Spain three two at Windsor Park. Um <sighs> Wow. They had they, they were amazing back then. Um David Healy scored the hat trick for us and I managed to assist the second goal for him, so Something I always look back on quite fondly because um, I think they went unbeaten after we we beat them for a long, long time. They end up going on winning the Euros and the World Cup and that. That must be the favorite, your favorite game you've ever played in. Surely. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was incredible. Um, even playing away, we played them away in the Grand Canaries and great trip as well. They beat us one 0 with a deflected goal, but. Yeah, like I had some amazing experiences with Northern Ireland. Went to see some amazing countries and. Yeah, it was something I always look back on. Um, Sammy, I, I want to take this in, a, in another dark direction, if you don't mind. Um, I did read something in the, I think it was the Belfast Telegraph, actually, prior to this interview, speaking about, um, as an 18-year-old, the adversity that you went through. Um, and I, if you wouldn't mind, I'd, I'd love to hear about the impact of that and kind of what happened and how much of an effect it had because we, we recently interviewed Paul Warren, the Rotherham manager and he, sp- he spoke you know very very well about you know his his father passing away last year and how much of a an impact that's had both negatively and positively and I wondered you know how is that adversity at the young age that you suffered it impacted your career? Yeah um, it was a couple of years in a row where I had like family members um, take their own life and that, and it was quite difficult at the time. My uh, cousin, who's two months older than me, was basically like a brother to me. Like he took his own life, <sighs> and then the year after, my mum's brother like took his own life, and then the year after that, so my cousin, who was two months older than me, his little brother ended up dying as well. So it was a really, really tough time for me, and. And, you know, football was a bit of a release. It sort of yeah, I bet. Took, it took my mind off it a little bit. But again, like I was away from home. I wasn't spending time with my family. And I'm sort of thinking about these things as well mm. when I'm on my own. So it was a bit difficult. But it's just one that the family had a hard time for those couple mm. of years. And, you know, but hopefully they're at peace now. Sammy, I'm so sorry to hear that. And, you know, as, you know, young guys running this podcast and this, you know, YouTube channel, one of the things yeah. that we've both gone through is is losing a father and, and, and losing a mother as well. And yeah. my colleague Jack lost his father at a young age. I lost my, my mum at a young age too. And you've obviously lost so many people at, at 18 years old. And have you, can you possibly give any advice to any young person that's going through that? Because I personally didn't know where to go or where to turn to. But if you could now give advice to yourself, what would it be? Yeah, it's so tough. Like, you know, Belfast is a place at the minute and the suicide rate there, I think it's the biggest in Europe at the minute. Um, it's it's just terrible. It's an epidemic that's going around there and it seems to be the new thing of what to do. And I know people, 
I don't know what it is. It just seems to be getting worse now. But people have got to open up and speak to other people. Mm. Like you can't just hide away and try and think the problems will solve themselves without speaking to people. And thankfully, I had like a good family and stuff around me mm. who were always like checking up on me to see if it was okay and always coming over to visit and make sure that things like sort of went easier for me because they knew I was away on my own and I would be thinking about things a lot. But mm. yeah, it's tough. Um, but yeah, it's, you've just got to speak to people about things. I think that's so true. I think also, I think speaking is fantastic. I think we've all got to, don't know about your thoughts on it, Sammy. I think we've all got to ask people as well. I think we, you know, yeah, the people yeah, totally. that are in a good place, we, yeah. we've, you know, we've actually got to be proactive and, and ask people how they are. And so you're so, 100% right because at the end of the day, you can't see what's going on behind someone's face. Like they could be smiling away at you, but they're going behind closed doors and they're the most depressed people ever, you know? So you're right. You do have to speak to people, even if you think, they are happy just they asked how things are going with their life and stuff and hopefully they come out and and speak to you i think a key point here actually sammy is the fact that football pretty much saved you really because it was it was something that kept you going it was something that took your mind off it and i don't know what your thoughts are on this sammy but personally for me i, I found the gym and i thought to myself you know what i'm i'm gonna get lean i'm gonna get fit i'm gonna try and you know pump some iron in the gym and, and that was that was the way that i took cover so to speak and obviously with you 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 played football and uh, do you think that having having a hobby having something else to do to think about is is an important part of the grieving yeah, process definitely i definitely do um because obviously it's a release like you're going you're training i know you have a bit of time afterwards but once you're training your remains focused uh right on that um and then obviously the games as well and you know i hear people a lot saying like physical activity um is very very good for people that's been through depression and stuff because it takes sort of takes their mind a little off of it so yeah you obviously you, you know yourself you went to the gym and that was a release for you and football itself was a release for me i couldn't agree more with that sam I mean, thanks so much for for go, going into into that, that that deep area i think it'll no help worries. a lot of people and i want to put on record right now anyone that's lonely that's afraid that's sad that's fed up feel free to contact us at the talk norwich city podcast and we'll happily talk to you sammy um awesome. lastly there's obviously a lot of norwich city fans listening right now do you have a message for them at all yeah i do indeed uh, oh, on the ball it, city it better not be a swear word right <laughs> no it's on the ball city i always remember that so good yeah, man. i know it's a big one at norwich so yeah i still follow them so I always look at the, my old club's results and Norwich is definitely one that I always look for. Good man. Well, that's all we've got time for in this episode. So thank you so much for to, to you, Sammy, for coming on. Thank you for having me on, Chris. Cheers. And of course, to you Norwich City fans listening around the world right now, if you've enjoyed this one, don't forget to give us a five-star review on iTunes. How dare you give us a four-star? And make sure you're following at Talk Norwich City on social media for the best city content on the internet. What did you think of this episode of the Talk Norwich City podcast? Why not give us a tweet right now and we will respond. And you know, well, you know what, Sam, you beat me too at the On The Ball City, so I'm going to end it. On The Ball City. Thanks, Sammy. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Cheers.